into this episode of Farzcast. Farzine Basukian here with you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Been a while since we've last done a podcast. Uh, towards the end of June, we had a lot of great guests last month. Uh, so check those out if you haven't had a chance to. Hope you guys had a great 4th of July. Hope you guys are having a great summer. It's pretty hot outside here in the Midwest. So, uh, But hey, we're used to that by now, especially if you've been living in the Midwest for a very long time. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this podcast. I know uh, a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast are Kansas City Chiefs fans or are from the Kansas City area. And look, man, um, if there's anything about Kansas City fans, I know they really come together when they need to the most uh, when it comes to charity events or wanting to get together to, to voice a, a very strong opinion uh, about the fan base or whatever it may be. I mean, for, for example, the, um, the GoFundMe for... Um, uh, for the uh, little girl involved in the uh, car accident uh, the week of the Super Bowl. I mean, so many Chiefs fans, obviously a horrific moment, but so many Chiefs fans raised, I believe, more than $500,000. So uh, I know yeah. Chiefs fans are certainly capable of uh, getting together, uh, coming together during a time like this. And uh, there is one former Chief who does need our help, and we're going to talk to him in just a moment. Lionel Dalton former defensive tackle and former Super Bowl champion, joining me right now on Farscast. Lionel, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you, man? Great. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Good, good. I appreciate you uh, coming on. I know uh, you've been uh, going through a lot, and we'll get into that shortly. I know a lot of people have been reaching out to you wanting to uh, get your story um, on, on their program, and I appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast. I just wanted to share something with you because I've told this to uh, Jason Dunn and Eric Warfield. Uh, they're on the Chief Concerns podcast, which you were uh, recently on. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm originally from Iran, so I did not move to the United States uh, until I was two or three years old um, in the early 90s. So we, we weren't too familiar with American football. And the era of Chiefs football that got me hooked into football was you guys when you guys were out there during the Dick Vermeil era. So okay. uh, it, it's always it's always cool talking to people from uh, that era of Chiefs football. Uh, always uh, getting that. I, I, before we uh, get into your story, I just want to know uh, what was it like being in Kansas City uh, during those those years uh, when you played at Arrowhead. What do I remember most about Kansas City? I remember pulling up to the stadium. And feeling like I went back to the 1970s football. I was watching one of those NFL network films because that was the vibe. It felt like old school football. Remember smelling the barbecue. Um, <laughs> I played on five teams. Kansas City was the only team that gave me a loaf of bread before I went into the stadium. I guess you make those barbecue rib sandwiches. And so I just remember feeling like this is old school football, feeling like you know, this is how it used to be in the olden days and just soaking it all in and just enjoying the fans, you know, and like in Kansas City, they're one of the places that te treat their teammates like rock stars. So we got great treatment. The fans show lots of love and playing the Arrowhead was, you know, it was exciting, especially when they started screaming at, oh, <laughs> I love that. That used to give me, every time I hear that to this day, I get goosebumps. So um, I had good times. I had my best year professionally in Kansas as well. I had my best season. So I enjoyed it and had a great time when I was in Kansas. Uh, I know uh, you've been going through a lot uh, dealing uh, with uh, kidney failure. Uh, I've heard your story on, on several interviews. I kind of want to give you the floor and maybe start from where you are, where you want to kind of uh, – share your story. Um, I know you, 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 had, you had an incident that happened on New Year's, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk us through what, what happened. When did you realize that um, something was going wrong for you? 
Well, um, we had a New Year's Eve party, January 2020. And, you know, 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people. Yeah. So January, the night, that morning, January um, the 1st, I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I couldn't breathe. So I thought it was my asthma or I thought it was from the cigarette smoke. A lot of my friends smoke cigars. And so it, sometimes it um, bothers my allergies. So I went to CVS, got some allergies, Benadryl, took my buterol pump. I used to have to take for bronchitis. None of it worked. Um, I end up feeling some, my intuition told me to go to, to, to the, um, fire station that's right across the street from my house, went in there and they read my, my, um, my blood pressure was at stroke level and my oxygen level was very low. So they rushed me to the hospital, um, to my hospital here in Atlanta. And, um, after tests, they, t- they did a lot of tests for, me for about two or three days. And finally the doctor came in and said, my kidneys were working at, um, 20% and I need to start dialysis as soon as possible. And um, I've been on dialysis since January. 2020. Can you talk about that process? What is it like? Um, you know, what are you having to do during this time? And I know there's also a long wait time for you. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk about that as well? Um, so what we do is I go in and they uh, pretty much um, go to a machine and it removes the fluid and it removes, um, it pretty much functions as the kidney, does the job of the kidney. And um, it removes good and bad things. So it moves your protein. So you, your muscles get smaller, you lose weight and um, you feel weak. Um, and then the process for somebody like myself, cause I'm an old, um, old negative blood type, the weight is like eight to 10 years if I can't find a living donor. Now, if I get a living donor, it can be as soon as three to four months if we are matched. So um, that's what I'm crossing my fingers for, a living donor. So I've been trying, so what I have been doing is really just um, getting out in the community. I know a lot of people are scared, especially where I'm from. People are really scared of or donating organs and they don't know yeah. uh, they can still live with organs. And I, I try to tell people what's better than giving the legacy of life to somebody. Like one person that they pass away can save up to eight to 10 lives. So I try to tell people the information and the facts about it and try to make them comfortable with don- organ donating. And so I've had a few people get, I had somebody get tested and we almost, we wear masks, but we got to the point where her antibodies didn't match my antibodies, but she went ahead and helped somebody else. So it's like, it's not really all about me. So if I can't get the organ, you can, the person still donated to somebody who she could help. So I'm just trying to help as many people as I can and spread the word. And hopefully in the process of me trying to do good work, someone decide they want to bless me. I know you're on social media, you're on Twitter, uh, and I want to make sure I have the uh, uh, account correct. It is at Jelly Roll Kidney, and you also have a website, if I'm not mistaken, New Kidney for JellyRoll.com. Uh, yes. I'll, I'll share those uh, websites on social media. Um, Thank you. Uh, what, what can fans do, uh, other than trying to get the word out there, is there anything else fans can do to try to uh, get the word out there, to try to get your story uh, as far as possible? Well, there's been a lot of fans. What they've been doing is they can't help me directly. They've been sending me prayers, which helps, you know, me and my family. We read every, we read every post. So we read every uh, message because, you know, sometimes you have trying days and doing my trying days. I really like to read those posts because those uplifting and prayer hands help, 
help, you know, it helps push through those rough days. But a fan, if you can just retweet and, uh, you know, communicate with me on my social media platforms and send it out and repost it, maybe, you know, help me spread the word uh, about the importance of organ donating and prevention. Because on my website, I have things you can help prevent kidney failure or some of the early signs. And so um, that's all I want to do is promote the website, get people to retweet and, you know, let's, um, let's do it. You know, let's, let's, let's get this done. Hopefully I get something soon and I can, um, hopefully I can be around to see my youngest daughter um, get married one day. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, I, I know, how many kids do you have? I have four. Yeah. What, what is, I've, I've seen some of the photos you, you post on social media and look, I've got one of my best friends. Uh, she's a mother of a 12 year old and she's going, she's battling cancer right now. And one of the things that she mentions is she tries to absolutely avoid the subject and just spend as much time as possible with her kids. Um, just one way to kind of stay optimistic. Uh, yeah. What about for you? I mean, what do you try to do during trying times like this to stay optimistic? I have really intensified my meditation practice. I have, um, I do a lot of affirmations. So I try to remind myself of why I'm blessed or the good. I try to constantly tell myself about the good things in my life. So I don't think about the bad things that's going on because it's easy for you to really go into that sunken place when you're dealing with this. Cause it, 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 it shuts down your life. You can't do as much as you used to do. I'm gone uh, like three days a week. So I miss certain things. I can't help my wife around the house. Sometimes I'm just exhausted. So I try to focus on the things I can do, try to focus on the things that um, that are good for me, the, the blessings I have. I try to spend time. I got a two-year-old. She's fun. You know, we laugh and joke and play. I have a six-year-old as well. So I just try to stay motivated and try to say as much positive affirmation to myself as possible. What has your family done to try to support you in all of this? Because uh, I'm looking at your website right now. I, I see the family photos, your wife and your kids and all. Uh, I mean, I mean, you mentioned, you know, your daughter, uh, your two year old, you know, fun to just be around. Um, is that are those the kinds of things that just help you try to push forward through all of this? Yeah, family. Family is everything, you know, um, to me, family is everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's one of the things is my daughter, man. She's a bundle. She has a lot of energy. She's constantly, she don't know what's going on, but she's constantly, um, she likes to play. And I just try to focus on her because, you know, she had one of those contagious smiles. When she smiles, I smile. So that's pretty, I focus, pretty much focusing on my family and trying to think positive was helping me deal with these, with the disease. So I see the website and, uh, and on your Twitter. And uh, let me just quickly check your, do you have like a pinned tweet that people can retweet as soon as they uh go to your twitter page um yeah yeah we have a yes you can go in there and it's um on the front on the front page it has my website and everything okay. on the uh, I see it. blog in yeah perfect yeah i just went ahead and retweeted i'll definitely uh get the word out there for this um yeah is there I, I know you've done a lot of um interviews with this a lot of uh conversations you've had with a lot of people uh what a what, what else do you want to say out there that maybe you haven't said uh, in this conversation with me or, or in any uh, interview or conversation you've had uh, with others? Um, a lot of people don't know. Once you donate a kidney, my insurance pays for anything you have going on with, with your kidney. So let's say you have something going on with your other kidney later on. My insurance pays for everything from start to finish. 
when you go through the process. We try to they try to make it as easy as possible for the donor. So I don't know. I mean, that's maybe that's something I can tell because a lot of people don't know that. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it, man. We um, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's um, no, you know, it's, it's tough, but um. Yeah, I try not to get too emotional. So, no, that's okay, man. Yeah. Hey, look, that's I, when you have me talk about my kids, man. I get really emotional. Yeah. No, I understand. No, I apologize. I, I didn't mean to to, to get it's you emotional. Fine. It's fine. It's um, fine. You know, I, I think I think it's important to understand that perspective because, look, I mean, you you athletes, you know, as fan. I mean, look, I'm just a fan. I, I don't know anything. I'm not a parent either. So when when we hear stories like this, I think it's important to know that hey, doesn't matter if you are just an average person working a nine to five job or if you our former professional athlete, you know, we all deal with these kinds of things. Unfortunately, um, everyone has a curveball that they have to overcome uh, in these kinds of situations. So no, it's certainly uh, understandable. And I really do appreciate you opening up uh, and and discussing all of that. So once again, if you guys want to uh, go to the website, it is uh, new kidney uh, or excuse me, uh, new kidney for jelly roll.com. And then his Twitter is, at Jelly Roll Kidney. By the way, I never knew this about you. Your nickname is Jelly Roll? Yes. Explain that one. I, I, I did not know that. Um, I got in high school. My high school football coach is a, a, from deep, deep Alabama. I had a strong draw. Very, you know, everybody in the, in the country, mainly in the South, always give, you get a nickname. So in the high school, we used to, um, at the end of the track meet, I threw the shot put, they would have all the, Fat guys, defensive tackles, offensive linemen, they would have us race each other. And I had to take my shirt off because my teammate had on the same color. So I ran with my shirt off. And I won the race. You know, I had a big belly. And my coach said, that must be jelly because jam don't move like that. And a lot of my teammates said, you were rolling, fat boy. And somehow my coach heard that in jelly. And he said, yeah, you're a big old jelly roll. And so everybody's been calling me jelly. I hated it at first. And then I had a young lady in high school say it so eloquently that I said that I liked it. <laughs> so um, I kept it. And um, this has stuck with me through all life. Every, I, went to high, I went to college. I had a guy from Detroit that knew me. And he told the team my name was Jelly Roll there. And I went to NFL. Had a couple guys that played with me in high school and college. was the NFL. And then they, they, um, they told everybody my name. Once everybody here and they think it's funny, then they just, <laughs> that's just been my nickname. So I just accepted it. Uh, I've, I've got to ask before we let you go, obviously, uh, I mentioned in uh, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, introducing you, you are a Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, what was that experience like? Because here in Kansas City, we've been waiting for that opportunity for a while. And now the Chiefs just had back to back appearances winning one of them. What was that yeah. moment like for you? To be honest, initial, I didn't really, initially I was tired. <laughs> Happy the season was over and happy to be a Super Bowl champion, but I didn't really feel the the weight of it until we got those rings. It was a great experience, especially after getting older. I realized I did something great, and it's something I can hold on to. I said I I I did what I needed to do to win the Super Bowl. I can hold on and do what I need to do, and hopefully get a kidney. So I use that as motivation, like it's something I've done great in life, and if I can use that same type of energy that took me to get there, I can use it to do this for my family and to stay strong for my family during these trying times. Once again, the website for that is new kidney for jelly and then his Twitter 
Jelly Roll Kidney. Uh, if you guys can, go follow him on Twitter. Uh, retweet his story as much as you can. Get the word out there. Uh, tag some people in the media if you guys know anyone that could share his story as well. Anything to get the word out. Uh, hey, Lionel, uh, wishing the best for you and your family. Uh, I know, uh, obviously, uh, not the most uh, exciting thing to discuss, but I really do appreciate you opening up and sharing your story and what you've been going through in all of this. Uh, please come back. I'd love to um, do this again if you have any updates. Hopefully some good news uh, we can uh, yeah. share down the road. That would be great, man. That's what we, that's what we praying for, good news. Yes, we will uh, spread the word and uh, be praying for you. Hey, Lionel, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll keep in touch, all right? Thank you. I appreciate you having me. All right, Lionel Dalton, former Kansas City Chiefs defensive lineman, joining us right here on Fars Cast. All right, once again, a big thanks to Lionel Dalton for joining me here on FarzCast. Uh, obviously, this was a much different and a much shorter episode, but a very different episode that we've done compared to uh, other podcasts before. Um, look, it's not often athletes reach out to fans or the media um, and want to try to spread the word about something very important, something personal they're dealing with. Um, and look, as a, as a fan, anytime you get an opportunity to help the guys that you watched on TV when you were younger, hey, look, uh, always uh, willing to take that opportunity to help these guys. So very happy to help Lionel Dalton. Uh, really appreciate him coming on and uh, opening up, sharing his story and uh, just all the things that he's been going through because I know it's not easy and – um, you know, I, I think a lot of times you do wonder, uh, what does someone go through with this? Someone who was a former professional athlete. A lot of times we think these guys don't deal with these kinds of things when in reality they absolutely do. So a uh, huge thanks to Lionel for coming on and opening up about all of that. If you guys want to help Lionel Dalton, uh, please go to his Twitter account. It's at Jelly Roll Kidney and... Retweet the uh, tweet that he has pinned on top, please. And reply to that same tweet and tag some people in the media that you know locally. Uh, if we can get a lot of people to do it, that'd be awesome. Um, a lot of people in the media are talking about it. Uh, but he wants to continue to get the word out. So anything that uh, I feel like we can do, like I said, uh, Chiefs fans really did band together uh, multiple times in the past, and I know we can do so again. So please go out there, help Lionel Dalton in any way you can. Big thanks to you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of Farscast. My name is Farzy Masugian. Again, thanks to Lionel Dalton for coming on the podcast. Big thanks to you guys for downloading and listening to the podcast. Be sure you to download and subscribe to the podcast and share the links with your friends. Let them know about the podcast. My name is Farzy Masugian. I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.